What's your name? Andrew Naiman, sir. What year are you? I'm a uh, first year. You know who I am? Yes, sir. So you know I'm looking for players? Yes, sir. Then why did you stop playing? Did I ask you to start playing again? Uh, sorry, I asked I why you stopped playing, and your version of an answer was to turn into a wind-up monkey. everyone welcome to the weekly real podcast my name is jeremy and my name is ken and today we're going to be talking about uh, a bit of a movie that i really like might be in my top 10 hint hint maybe i don't know uh but that's going to be whiplash we're going to talk about that that in just a bit but before that we're going to go straight into the podcast ritual and that's where we're going to talk about one notable movie or TV show that we watched in the last week. So, Ken, do you have a bit of a bit of a surprise for this week in terms of a TV or movie? Or not really? No, but I don't know about a surprise. But I, I originally had one. Um, I guess a movie that I, had, I hadn't seen in a long time. It was on HBO Max. I won't reveal what it was, just because I was like, oh, this would have been like good i mean it's a musical type movie and everything there was a little bit of a theme a little bit of connection but when i finally got around to watching whiplash uh last night i was like man that was so good spoiler for the for later in the episode that was so good that i needed another damien chazelle uh fix and so right after i watched whiplash even you know, we're, and we'll talk about how intense that movie was. I kind of needed um, something similar, but a little bit more relaxing and everything. So I ended up watching La La Land again, um, and I, again it was like right after I watched Whiplash. Um, have you gotten a chance to see it yet? I remember you did say that you hadn't seen it yet. I have not seen La La Land yet. Everyone keeps saying like you gotta see it. And like, you got to be in the mood, right? For for a musical, the last musical I saw was The Greatest Showman, and I shared that last uh, last season. Last season, so it's yeah. been a while since I watched a, a musical. Yeah, we might, I might choose that uh, maybe for season three or whatever, and finally get you to watch it. We'll force you to watch yeah. it. And maybe we could do a little bit of a uh, compare and contrast between uh, Whiplash and La La Land. Um, so, I mean, since you haven't watched it yet, I, I, I don't want to give away spoilers um, for that. And, you know, this is not that time where we do talk spoilers uh, it, within our ritual. All I'll say is that um, Ryan Gosling and Emma, Emma Stone, I mean, they have really good chemistry in it because uh, this is this was actually their third film that they were, uh, I guess, starring uh, opposite one another. Uh, they starred opposite one another first in on um Crazy Stupid Love. Uh, that was a really good kind of drama comedy type movie. 
Uh, and I haven't seen it yet, but they also starred in Gangster Squad. And so, um, yeah, I don't want to give away too much about the movie, but uh, I just thought it was a good, nice follow-up and uh, got me to the point where I could kind of relax a little bit right before bed. <laughs> All right. Yeah, not, nothing too crazy like uh, like whiplash making you sweat, huh? Yeah, dude. Uh, I, I had so much adrenaline uh, by the time uh, Whiplash ended that I was like, dude, I need something to kind of wind down with. And uh, La La Land was a it was a good, nice change of pace. All right. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. But for me, uh, I kind of still went on the more high octane, uh, did a bit of an action. I saw a certain Arnold movie <laughs> was on Netflix and it's a sabotage. Sabotage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually saw that Memorial Day weekend at my friend's house. Oh, yeah. Shoot. Yeah. Because did you, did you actually see that movie in theaters when it came out? No, I didn't. Actually, it, and I will admit, I need to rewatch Sabotage only because, you know, when you're at a party or whatever, you, so much stuff is going on. It's hella loud. You're not really catching all of the dialogue. Um, and so I was missing, like, uh, a lot of chunks of the movie. So I got to rewatch it. Yeah. It's definitely not the best Arnold movie for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it, it had so much more potential than it actually ended up being. Cause it was David Ayer, you know, training day. And then the cast is a lot of them are recognizable actors. And so I thought there was a lot of potential. So I, I only watched it the one time in theaters because I'm like, yeah, Arnold's back in the movie theater. Got to watch <laughs> Arnold. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was okay. Still better than some other Arnold movies that I've seen. Uh, but still not like cracking my top 10 Arnold movies or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, and you've seen a lot. So it would take a lot to now crack uh, your top 10 Arnold movies because he's got a lot um, on his, I guess, what do you call it? Filmography. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it would actually have to be on par with, uh, what are we talking about? Total Recall, Predator, Mm -hmm. um, Commando talking about these classics yeah even like conan (laughs) conan kindergarten cop cop yeah these are so jingle all the way (laughs) (laughs) you see even like jingle all the way i don't uh sabotage doesn't beat that i don't think (laughs) but it is definitely not uh top five worst and trust me, there are some bad ones. There's some, yeah, no, there's some really bad ones out there. Because even like, uh, I feel like uh, the was it the Repl- replaceables, like especially the first one. I thought that was pretty entertaining because we got to see all those action stars. Not no, replaceables, uh, expendables, expendables. <laughs> I was like, uh, I'm thinking about that Keanu Reeves uh, football movie. My yeah, bad. The replacements. <laughs> the replacements. Oh man, shoot! We should watch that movie. Yeah, that's a fun one. I think so. I think so. Did we watch it in the theater together? I don't think so. When did that come out? <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that came out a, a while ago. I don't know. I forgot. Anyway, uh, we're going to do a little bit of episode cleanup from last week, episode 32, A Quiet Place, part two. And can we ran a poll on our social medias? What was the poll? Uh, the poll was, uh, what is your favorite Emily Blunt movie? I didn't realize that there was a lot more than I guess uh, that I've, you know, I was surprised that there was a lot of recognizable uh, films on her filmography. 
And so uh, the choices were A Quiet Place Part 1 or 2, either one, maybe even both, Edge of Tomorrow, Sicario, and The Devil Wears Prada. So, I mean, it's pretty, uh, pretty wide range. Um, and so uh, the results were, uh, and in, in a landslide, I've, and this is actually how I would vote, Edge of Tomorrow won uh, at 50%. So uh, do you, do you, um, did you vote? Yeah, dude, I, I would definitely agree with the, the poll. I would, I would have voted for, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. And then my second one would probably be Sicario. I really like mm. Sicario. Yeah. And yeah, she wasn't in the second one, but the first one, the first Sicario is really good. And I hope that if they do make a third Sicario, she would, uh, her character would return. Her, I feel like yeah. that would be really good. Yeah. And so, yeah, they just ran away with the poll. Um, I definitely agree with uh, everyone's choice, 50% of you anyway. And I, actually, I did want to share that we did have a write-in vote again this week. And that write-in vote, and I could have sworn I seen it, but uh, actually, turns out I didn't. The Girl on the Train. Have you seen it? I've seen like 30 minutes of it. And then I kind of shut it off because I was like, eh, I don't know. It might not be for me, but who knows? I might pick it up if this person <laughs> really likes it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, if you want to participate in our polls, they're going to be on our Instagram and Twitter every Tuesday at Weekly Real. All right. So let's talk about Whiplash. Uh, this is your spoiler warning right now. So if you haven't seen Whiplash, uh, basically the rest of this episode, we're going to be talking spoilers on the movie. So if you want to go watch it, it is on Stars. You can use like a free trial or something like I did or buy it on Blu-ray like I did. Or uh, yeah, you can just rent it out of Redbox. I'm pretty sure it might still be there, possibly. Yeah. Like what Prime does uh, rentals? YouTube, I think you were telling me that they do rentals, and uh, Apple TV pl uh, Plus. I believe all three of them are good rental choices. Yep. So Whiplash is about Andrew, who is a first-year drumming student at Schaefer Music Conservatory, when he meets a cutthroat instructor who pushes him to his absolute limits. So, dude, Whiplash. Uh, I didn't see this movie in theaters, so this movie kind of flew over my head. It, I think it might have come out around the same time as Nightcrawler. I didn't do my homework on that in the dates, uh, so I decided to watch Nightcrawler. Obviously, we talked about that in season one, and I really like that movie. So this one definitely flew over my head, it being a drumming movie, and <clears throat> I have to admit, I'm not musically inclined. <laughs> 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 like uh didn't we take a drum uh, not drumming class guitar lessons <laughs> together oh, man that was rough um yeah i i found out how not uh flexible my hands are to kind of make these uh with the chords and everything and so uh man that was tough um i would still like to maybe give it another shot though i mean yeah i did invest in getting a guitar so same i still have it it's literally 10 feet away from me <laughs> uh but yeah would uh, have you heard of, did you hear about the movie when it first came out um only through uh i guess the oscar awards i i just remember um just kind of seeing it or whatever um and 
generally speaking, just because, uh, especially around, I guess that time I wasn't really keeping up with, you know, just movies in general. And so, uh, what I would normally do is I would use award shows like, uh, the Oscars or, uh, the golden globes, try to figure out, um, movies to watch. I'd be like, Hey, obviously if it gets, um, at least nominated, it's gotta be halfway decent, right? Yeah. Supposed to be <laughs> supposed to be. There's some ones that are like, how'd this get in here? But yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now that it's been seven years later and, you know, I previewed it last week, uh, did you have any expectations going into the film? Um, I mean, I was basically just going off of <laughs> your, uh, your preview last week. I mean, you were just, uh, just call it, you know, you were talking about how intense it was and I was like, all right, well, it's intense and it's about music. Well, how intense really can it be? So I was still kind of an unbeliever. But then um, when I checked out, uh, I guess, uh, you know, just general information on IMDb. And when I saw that Damien Chazelle had uh, written and directed this movie, I was intrigued because I really love the way uh, La La Land. I mean, obviously, I talked about it in the uh, on the ritual. I loved the way it was filmed and everything. So I was very, I was actually looking forward to it based off of, you know, your recommendation. The fact that you thought it was like one of the, uh, I don't want to say the best movies, but you really liked it a lot. Um, And so I, from the get go, uh, that first scene, I was like, whoa, okay. That kind of caught me a little off guard, even though I got the warning and uh, dude, just Fletcher just, like basically just kind of shitting on Andrew in the beginning. And, uh, you know, I thought that was already pretty bad and no, it just gets like worse and worse uh, mm-hmm. with, with each passing uh, interaction. It was just pretty crazy. And it's not just exclusive to, to Andrew either. Mm-hmm. It's everyone. <laughs> yes. Much. And it is, and it was pretty telling um, when I guess you got to see, I guess the uh, the studio band, right? Oh, is what they were called. Yeah, yeah. When you see them kind of walking in, and you know their heads are down, they're not really giving any eye contact. Literally, everyone's deathly afraid of Fletcher, uh, which is J.K. Simmons's uh, uh, character. Man, uh, when you say intense, I was thinking, okay, intense. You know, like down here, I'm kind of putting like a level dude i didn't realize intense what meant like dude it was off the charts it was pretty crazy <laughs> yeah dude it, it was almost like you were in the room with them mm-hmm. holding your breath like i hope he does not call on me this is the worst teacher to call on you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure for sure holy crap if i would like that first guy Metz, yeah that d- didn't know he was off key I was he like, wasn't. Oh. He, he was wasn't. actually on key. Yep, <laughs> but he didn't know it. He didn't. And so know. in his in, in in Fletcher's mind, it I he he just said that it's worse. You know, you should know if you're on key or off key. Yeah, uh, I didn't know about this movie until I heard it from like one of my favorite movie reviewers, uh, the Flick Pick, uh, and he was always quoting J.K. Simmons from this movie. <laughs> so I'm like, oh man, I gotta understand all these references. So. I finally ended up watching it uh, the fall of last year, mm-hmm. and I watched it like two times in the same month, and then now I'm sharing with you now. So I was like, oh, yeah, I know this is definitely going to movie I'm going to be sharing for season two. Yeah, I remember how quickly it was, too, because I was like, dude, 
uh, have you watched Whiplash? It came out in 2014. He's like, and I, as soon as I said no, Jeremy was like, "Well, you know what? Don't watch it yet because we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do an episode in season two of it." I'm like, "All right, that sounds good." <laughs> yeah, dude. Shoot, because you know me, I love it, these super intense but very grounded movies with mm-hmm. these crazy characters. Uh, did you have any overall thoughts on the movie? Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see how J.K. Simmons won um, the the Oscar for Best uh, Supporting Actor. This is definitely by far his best role. I mean, basically, it's like J. Jonah Jameson with the intensity level all the way, like, ratcheted up to 100,000 trillion. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, it, oh, man, it, it's, it was brutal. You know, you mentioned uh, where, you know, you got the references. What, what were some of the references that were being uh, mentioned? Do you remember some of uh, some of the, I guess, one-liners? The one he mostly used was the, if you give a retard a calculator, what do you think? He'll turn the TV, <laughs> turn the TV on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shoot. That, that one. He always used that one. But, um, yeah, no, it was... It, he was so good. I mean, he literally... And, and you know what? And that's not even telling, you know, Miles Teller. Miles Teller was so good in this movie, too. They just played off of one another. And the fact that they were s- such polar opposites, obviously, you know, J.K. Simmons has always been, uh, you know, very loud and very boisterous uh, actor. And you get, you know, someone that appears kind of timid, um, especially at first in the beginning when you when you first meet uh, Andrew. Is it Neiman or is it Naaman? Because I remember in the beginning, he introduces himself as Andrew Neiman, and then Fletcher just calls him Neiman, like Neiman Marcus, like the rest oh, of the movie. I always just thought it was Andrew Neiman. Yeah. Because uh, Fletcher, he was a yeah. little bit more louder with that, huh? Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think we actually knew Fletcher's name. Like, they didn't say his name until like an hour into the movie. Yeah, it was, it was it, a lot of time passed by, actually, until we found I was like, oh, it's Fletcher. I would, like for some reason I was like, is it Schaefer <laughs> or something? Because it's like, come on, man, what's this guy's name? But yeah, it's Fletcher. And uh, dude, I think I'm normally not into musical movies or just music like instruments. Obviously, I don't play my own, and uh, I haven't even watched La La Land. Uh, but I feel like this movie was different because of like the how interesting the characters were, and like you said, Miles Teller, J.K. Simmons. Whenever, obviously, they were always on screen, but they were always so intense, mm-hmm. the whole movie. And even when they weren't in the same room, it's almost like you could feel like their presence, uh, yeah. especially J.K. Simmons, every time. Because you know every time uh, Andrew was by himself, it's almost like he's thinking about what Fletcher's been saying. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely... Uh, or. Andrew's, you know, he was very um, obsessed with being able to prove Fletcher wrong. I mean, and, and I felt like, I guess, in the most positive of ways, Fletcher was always wanting to push uh, Andrew to to be better. And he, he does that with everyone. Uh, but obviously, not everyone can take that abuse. And to Andrew's credit, he, you know, there are times when he, you know, like, he, he he was really upset, especially that first interaction when he gets embarrassed and basically stripped down and dehumanized and everything. And 
he decided to just take all that um, criticism and belittling and he ends up turning it into like more motivation to get better as a drummer because his motivation was to be one of the greats. I mean, and you know, like I'm just quoting um, Andrew um, and he always had that drive. And I felt like each time they had, they basically clashed. um, He would try harder. And especially when, you know, he, you know, like he would relax just a little bit and then like literally Fletcher would think of some way to, to kind of like tear him back down just so that he could keep motivated. Yeah. It was, it was crazy to see at the same time, the character of Andrew, uh, there was instances, like you said, his confidence would go up and then he became a little bit unlikable. Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah. You know, a bit, um, bit of a d-bag in yeah. some ways especially just yeah. at the dinner table because you know even though the people around you uh aren't taking your things seriously some things you gotta just uh keep in you know but <laughs> ooh, i don't know i kind of disagree but oh, I, go ahead <laughs> okay, but yeah I, th- those people definitely deserved it though his um <laughs> his i guess was that his aunt and uncle uncle i want to say his, their yeah the cousins nephews? yeah 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 so they definitely, uh, but you know, there's some things, especially with uh, Nicole. Ooh, yeah, that's that when he's like, bad. dude, this guy, man, this guy. And he, <laughs> he was such an asshole. <laughs> yeah, he was a hell of an asshole. I, I, I like how he was um, uh, hyping up, oh, there's a really good pizza place I know. And dude, <laughs> that place did not look good, man. <laughs> You know what? I think the reason why he ate there was just strictly because of the background music. They just played jazz in the background. Exactly, dude. I'm like, bro, that pizza place it doesn't even look like a pizza place. It looks like a freaking gas station like place. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like they just had like stuff in front or whatever. And it's like, oh, and then it's like stuff that would be kept warm with food lamps or heat heating lamps, I guess. Yeah. Ugh. But I think. They did that on purpose to show that, you know, he did his um, Nicole wasn't his priority. It's the music always. Well, yeah, I mean, and, you know, he's still at this at that point when they had their first date, he was very awkward. And I felt like uh, because he was able to get initially picked to be an alternate um, with the studio band that gave him like some confidence i guess in general Mm -hmm. and everything so sometimes you kind of need to have that positive reinforcement to kind of take some of these things for other aspects in your life yeah because this movie was a roller coaster man like you said every time uh, andrew found a little bit of happiness a little bit of confidence (laughs) freaking fletcher man always tears him down so that's why i want to go into topic one before we uh, go into any more specific things because topic one I want to ask you, in your opinion, what was the worst thing Fletcher did in Whiplash? Man, this was probably the toughest question uh, that I had to really think because there were so many. And I was trying to think of um, trying to figure out if there was like, uh, obviously, there's a central theme or whatever. Uh, but there's like so many isolated things specific things that he did were that were so bad on its own but then it just seems like as the movie kept going he would like top find a way to top himself which is pretty crazy to me you know so to answer your question the worst thing that fletcher did i feel like was manipulate people especially andrew um i felt like he used 
you know, he basically used all of his students' ambitions in the worst way. And yeah, he was trying to motivate them in his own way. Uh, and, you know, he kind of revealed that, you know, when they were at the club or whatever, after, you know, that incident <laughs> at that one uh, competition. But um, I don't know. It, it just felt like he would just cross the line. Uh, to use a friend's reference, the line was a dot to him. <laughs> so um, I just thought that, you know, kind of going back with Fletcher and Andrew and their whole dynamic. Remember kind of like near the beginning especially when he gets uh, when Andrew gets chosen to be an alternate, you know, he plays that nice guy. He's like, you know, mm-hmm. just talking and he's trying to get to know him a little bit. Um, he asks about, you know, his background with his parents and everything. And, you know, he, you know, was open. Andrew was. But then he basically ended up using that information to basically just shit all over him. You know, yeah, low that was blow, crazy to man. me. Holy crap. I know, especially with the mom leaving and using that information. It's like, this is why your mom left you. And I'm like, oh, shit. Damn. And that's why mommy left daddy. I'm like, (laughs) oh, shit, man. I know. And and you know what? I I do admire, um, I guess, Fletcher because, you know, like, you know, his pure motivation was to be able to advance jazz as a music genre, keep it alive. You know, he wanted to be able to be the one to motivate the next, what, Charlie Parker, uh, all these other uh, well-known jazz musicians and everything. But for him to use, you know, like hurtful language, he was always constantly berating people, dehumanizing them, basically treating them like animals in the worst possible way. I mean, you could just take a look at his, um, I guess, character in the fact that he remember um when he was mentioning how uh sean casey you know a a former student died Mm -hmm. he lied about the cause of death he basically said oh yeah um there's sad news uh he died in a car accident but you know later on it was revealed from uh the the lawyer uh for the um neiman family that he actually uh, hung himself in his apartment because of extreme uh, depression and anxiety. And for him to lie about someone's death when really he probably was the main cause of the death, that's got to just just tell everyone that he's just a great-A asshole. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. That was intense because every time you see a bit of humanity possible humanity in fletcher like you said like he tries to it almost seemed like he was trying to befriend andrew in the beginning and then he uses his, that information to basically insult him later lies about the whole uh sean casey story jesus and, and then he tells that to the whole class right and then in that moment when he's telling the story it, it's almost like he's Human, trying to humanize himself but also like motivate them at the same time it's like oh you could be like this he was so great and all that stuff and he was one of my students but obviously later on like you said that gets revealed i almost chose that uh the line about the story of sean uh, sean casey as my absolute worst mm-hmm. i almost did just because it plays so much with everyone's emotions in that scene Right. But the, I think the one that just trumps it, because like you said, every 
time to, as the movie keeps going, he, he gets worse and worse. He keeps upping the ante. And like again, he almost tries to befriend Andrew at the bar or jazz club uh, at the end and then told the totally 180 set him up to fail. And at he's JVC. Like, at JVC, and he's like, I yeah. knew it was you. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. But that, that reveal, dude. When I did happened, not see that coming. <laughs> I know. I was, I was so scared for, for Andrew. For Andrew, and yeah. When, when that last scene was, when that took place, and obviously they played, um, it wasn't Caravan. It was, uh, it was a different song. Uh, swing, Upswing. Upswinging. Yeah. Upswinging, yeah. When they played that song... I felt so bad and so awkward for Andrew. I was like, I was kind of cringing in my my seat a bit. I'm like, oh damn! And then I would have done the same. I would just walk out. <laughs> Hell yeah! I might have even walked out in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I was like man. I'm out of here. <laughs> I thought that was gonna be the end of the movie, man. When he got up and his dad hugged him, I thought that was the end. But then, ooh, man, I got chills ooh. when he walked back. Yeah, I definitely will get to that later, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Speaking of the JVC performance, I want to go into our second topic. Uh, I want to ask, where do you think the stories of Andrew and Fletcher go after the JVC performance? Yeah, this was such a good question um, because really it could go in, like it could go so many different ways. But the more I thought about it, Honestly, I think they do go their separate ways uh, because, you know, by the end of the movie and, you know, we we're just talking about the, the JVC uh, festival performance. I felt like by the end of uh, the rendition of Caravan, there was a mutual professional uh, respect uh, in that, you know, Fletcher kind of gave Andrew that nod of approval. And, you know, I felt like Andrew acknowledged it. Um, especially, you know, during, um, during that crazy drum, <laughs> that drum solo. So that was so nuts. So if you remember, you know, the, uh, the way Fletcher kind of explained it to like the, the, the pro band, um, over at the JVC, the JVC was supposed to be a showcase, um, for, you know, like people to kind of see their talent and, you know, they'll be able to kind of latch on to, I don't know, different groups or maybe different, um, different gigs or, or whatever. And so I feel like my theory is that someone notices, obviously, that he absolutely murdered uh, that drum solo and just like like every bit of Caravan. And um, I feel like he ends up kind of latching on to like some person or some group that can actually maybe take his talent, what he's learned so far, and maybe even try to push him a little bit further. Because, you know, I'll use a, a, a metaphor from sports you know, we, we, you know, we watch football or whatever, but, you know, sometimes after a coach, even a successful coach, you know, if they've been at one place for too long, you know, sometimes that message kind of eventually loses its impact because, you know, like you just keep hearing the same things over and over. And I feel like by the end of that caravan performance uh, at JVC, I felt like Andrew learned all he could from Fletcher. And so that that's why I think, at least from Andrew's perspective, that's why he would uh, kind of go his separate ways. And then quickly, as far as the Fletcher, I feel like he would just keep continuing what he's doing, you know, doing random gigs and, and, and um, maybe conducting uh, wherever, you know, wherever anyone will have him. 
Yeah. Dude, I, I totally agree with everything you said. I got the basically the same exact answer. They definitely go their separate ways because <laughs> these yeah. guys are not friends <laughs> for sure. <laughs> They're not friends. Yeah. They had yeah. a little bit of a conversation. Yeah. And but I don't think they would they're not the type to be like, oh, let's let's go out for coffee and look, let's talk about music and all that stuff. Yeah, they're not gonna do that. Um I think Fletcher did that, that whole small talk thing just to get him into the JVC so that he can possibly humiliate him. Oh yeah, this was calculated. He knew yeah. it's like, hey, uh, and he even played with uh I guess stroking his ego. It's like, hey, yeah, uh, I have a drummer. Uh, but he's not cutting it. Um, I was wondering if he could do that. You know, we're just doing the same set list or whatever. And he totally set him up. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, Connolly, he's, uh, he's not good or whatever. And yeah. I forgot what the other guy's name was. Yeah, so did I. He ended up going to pre-med. That's all yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I totally agree with you, man. Uh, obviously, uh, Fletcher's not going to go back to Schaefer or anything. Um but I do think he's going to keep composing and all that stuff. And then, but like you said, after the whole drum solo, yeah, someone might see him like, oh, that he failed in that opening of the mm-hmm. JVC. But I feel like someone's going to notice that, you know, he really got his stuff. Uh, and he's going to actually have play in a different group somewhere. Like he said, like the Lincoln Center or something like that. Right, exactly. He's definitely going to get a gig somewhere. And I feel like, uh, you know, there'll be someone else that he can like learn from and, you know, obviously try to get better. Because I feel like Andrew's on a trajectory, hypothetically, where he could, um, you know, just try to find ways to kind of motivate himself. And then I feel like when he surrounds himself with, I guess, other competition, uh, other drummers and everything, I think that'll kind of push him as well. Yeah, man. Because this, this movie is so crazy. I don't think it needs a sequel. I doubt it'll ever get one because no, it doesn't need it. Doesn't it. Need, it, it yeah, it's perfect the way it wrapped up. Yeah, but the, just the way it ends, though, when it's after that such intense uh, drum solo and then it just goes into some cool jazz. <laughs> it's like, oh. Dude, <laughs> I know. Afterwards. <laughs> I, I needed to find a way to decompress. I was like, oh, my God. And, uh Okay, I'm just going to sit here and try to contemplate everything that I just watched. I think uh, I may have sweated a little bit extra. (laughs) Yeah, dude, I felt the same way. That was, it was an intense movie for sure. And I got goosebumps still this time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to ask our our audience uh, just for, you know, a little bit of a musical question for this week. I want to ask, what is your favorite movie that features music? So it could be Whiplash, but uh, Ken, what's another one that you would probably recommend? Yeah, I mean, Whiplash is definitely up there now. Um, I'll kind of reveal where I think it would be by the end of the episode because um, you know I feel like it's a little too early to reveal that. But um, kind of in the same vein, I'll, I'll mention a couple like in, in the same vein uh, as Whiplash. You know, I was thinking about a recent one that also gets pretty dark and intense, similar to Whiplash. Have you seen A Star is Born? I have uh, not. With, oh, with Bradley Cooper and uh, Lady Gaga. Ooh, that's really? a really good one. Yeah, that's a really good one. Good things. Yeah. But to answer your question in terms of favorite movie and I'm kind of factoring <laughs> replayability I don't I men, may have mentioned it on a prior episode I got to say Coco 
It's such a good like Pixar movie. <laughs> I th- I thought we were both gonna say like, oh yeah, me too. I was gonna say Eight Mile. <laughs> <laughs> I, you totally know what? I, I almost <laughs> I, I almost mentioned Eight Mile actually, but I thought of uh, A Star Is Born because I felt like it, it was like dark in yeah. terms of like kind of that overall feel. I, that's why I wanted to mention uh, A Star Is Born. But literally, when it, when you uh, gave me this question, I was like, ooh, 8 Mile was pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's why when you said, oh, a second one, I was like, oh, he's going to say 8 Mile. I did not. Yeah, that's <laughs> Coco's a little bit <laughs> different. That, <laughs> definitely different. That yeah. would have been my third one if if I was going that way. But yeah, 8 Mile is definitely good. Uh, Eminem was good for it being, I, I want to say it was his acting debut. Yeah, I think so. It was basically him playing, playing himself. himself. <laughs> so... <laughs> Not too much of a stretch for him, so. Yeah, plus that uh, movie soundtrack was good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to give us your feedback, you can tweet us on Twitter, <laughs> at Weekly Real, or you can email us, right, Ken? Um, is it a podcast no, for no, Weekly Real? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it, to answer your question, it is weeklyrealpod at gmail.com. I was trying to channel my inner uh, Fletcher. I should have been a little bit more boisterous. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you didn't. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been kind of a dick move. Yeah, I was like, whoa, man. I'm about to get out of here right now. All right. Get out of here, (laughs) (laughs) mini-me. I can still see you, mini-me. Anyway, let's take a quick break. Okay, welcome back from the break. I want to jump into the weekly Real Awards. And for our first award is one that we introduced last week on A Quiet Place Part 2. And that is the That Shield Doesn't Belong to You Award for Most Intense Scene. Uh, Because this movie is clearly intense just from the get-go. You get that, that dark background with you just hear the drumming. And it doesn't stop from there. So, Ken, uh, what would you give the award to? Yeah, that was actually pretty crazy. This was not planned, by the way, where we introduce a, an award about most intense scene and have have it for ready for this one. Um, so that was kind of a happy accident. But to answer your question, I mean, we were talking about how um, Fletcher lies about Sean Casey's death and... Uh, Obviously, we know that the uh, story was BS. Dude, that scene immediately after that was the most intense scene, in my opinion. Uh, it's basically where they have that rehearsal scene, and and he's trying to figure out um, who can actually play his tempo uh, out of the three drummers You know, when they're playing um, uh, Caravan. Mm-hmm. And man, I felt like this scene had to be on J.K. Simmons's Oscar reel as to why he won uh, that Oscar, because man, er- like everything he did was just so intense, and he's like screaming, but it's not just like just screaming like one. No, he was like no, no, you know, he was like disgusted, and he's like next, and he was like, you know, he was like hitting all his cadence and his marks, and I don't know if he was able to do this all like in one take or something like that, or if it took a lot, but the fact that they were able to get 
this collection of takes. And I remember watching this. You know how like all of them were sweaty and obviously Andrew by the end of the this scene was all bloody and stuff. Dude, I felt I felt that whole scene. I felt so sweaty after that scene, especially when uh, near the end of, of that scene and he's like yelling faster, faster. And he's going hella fast already. Andrew Neiman is. And it, oh, my God, it was so good. Um, this is definitely <laughs> this is definitely my winner. Dude, I was hella at the same time. I was hella cracking up, because um, you know at first they didn't do the little time jump yet. And, you know they started doing double time swing, or at least trying to do double time swing. Yeah. And then uh, Connolly's on it, uh, tries to do it, and he's like, "Oh, you know, get out of here, you leprechaun or whatever." So <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna start calling you Flannery. <laughs> I was hella dying. I totally forgot about that line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, some of these one-liners are so inappropriate, but then I will admit I was laughing at a few of them for sure. <laughs> Jeez, man, he was he was brutal the whole time. Yet I was dying. And then, yeah, when he picked up the the freaking bell and just started like banging on it to mess up um yeah. Andrew's rhythm. Andrew's, yeah. Jeez. Well, I man. think he was he was using it as his tempo and because I think uh, per, per each tempo, he had to do like uh, I was like four hundred or something like that. It was some insane, crazy high number for in terms of I don't know beats or something like oh, I don't know. Yeah, and but just the fact that he was like kicking over to the symbols and all that stuff, throwing chairs yeah. across the room. It's like holy crap! And how can you even like concentrate while while he's doing all that? That yeah, scene was intense. That literally blood, sweat, and tears during that scene. Crazy. Yeah, and it's it's crazy how it is literally hours, and then he's uh-huh. like, "Oh, everyone can come in now." <laughs> it's like I did, I did like that one scene. He's like, "Hey, you, you know, if you, you want to take a dump or grab some coffee, go ahead and take 20, 10, 20, maybe even an hour." I was like, "Damn, you're gonna take an hour dump?" <laughs> I could have, I guess, even more than that. I know. Obviously, he, that's not what he meant, but I that's what <laughs> I was just laughing at that. I was like, "Oh, you can take an hour dump. All right." Yeah, dude, that scene was definitely, uh, you could basically choose any scene in this movie, but uh, the one I chose was uh, the car accident, the car Oof. scene. Because yeah. first, you know, he's trying to make it to that uh, performance. I forgot what, which, what was that one called? I forgot what the uh, I forgot where. Um, yeah, it was another, comp- it was the second competition. Yeah. <laughs> where they and, didn't win, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and freaking Andrew, his bus breaks down. Then he has to rent a car. Then he forgets his sticks at the car rental place. Gets to freaking um, the the performance center. And then he has to drive back. And he, he, you know, it was hella crazy when when Andrew was like, "No, you're not gonna give my part to him. It's like your part." It's like, whoa, yeah. oh, he, that was like really the first time he was really talking back. Yeah, <laughs> that was crazy. And then freaking he has to go all the way back and when he got in that car accident i was i jumped out of my seat like out of my seat the first time i saw that i thought he died i thought i was like holy crap i this is it this is freaking million dollar baby man (laughs) 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 because i thought he was done for dude uh when that happened 
And, Dude, and like, just the fact that he got on stage after is crazy. I know. He like literally was like, oh, I, where are my sticks? Where are my sticks? And he's still like obviously still in shock. But then he decides to run the rest of the way there because, you you know, he was only like uh, several, blo- several blocks away, right? Yeah, yeah. And he just ran in. And then he's all he was bloody. still bleeding and stuff. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so crazy. Actually, you know what? With the whole, you know, you're talking about like kind of the lead, uh, the setup to the scene with everything basically kind of going bad. Um, it reminded me of, I think I mentioned it, I don't know if I mentioned it in the off season to you or if it was on a um ritual, Un- uncut gems. Do you remember? Have you seen that yet? I haven't yet, but you've mentioned it before. Because that movie, that entire movie was, like, intense. Mm-hmm. And it was because there was, like, these little things that would just kind of, like, oh, no. You know, like, one thing would lead to another, would lead to another. Like, and stuff that would kind of, like, snowball, stuff that would go bad. And watching that scene reminded me, basically, of the whole Uncut Gems movie. Holy crap. Yeah, man, because that scene... But that one was intense. That's why I gave the award to it. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if you're looking for another intense movie to watch, watch Uncut Gems. All right. Kevin Garnett. <laughs> yeah, Ke- Kevin Garnett and Adam Sandler. And <laughs> the Water Boy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh for our next award, it is the I Am Groot Award for favorite character. And obviously, the stars of the show, man, are gonna be Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons, but uh, who is your favorite character? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. I mean, it's a two-person race. And so I was like trying to, you know, like for me, and I think I mentioned it um, just kind of in general, I usually would gravitate towards the villain, especially a really good one in this case, like like God tier, you know what I mean? That's how good J- uh, J.K. Simmons is. But for this award, I'll give the I Am Groot Award to uh, Andrew uh, because I felt like he was stripped down so many times. I mean, we were talking about how, like, just when he, you know, the times that he would kind of get relaxed and then he would get stripped down again. Um, and you got to see, like, his f- uh, full story arc, basically from a kind of a timid, awkward kid who can't really even make eye contact with the uh, the movie um, what, the popcorn girl? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Nicole. <laughs> um, so... Uh, and then obviously you got to see his drive. Um, and, and I think one of the reasons why I like a, a movie like eight mile or, uh, you know, I like a watch. I like to watch a movie like Coco's because you get to see that music is like their dream and you get to see like that whole journey. And f- for us to be able to see Andrew kind of like fail a lot of times, you know, he gets you know stripped down. Um, you get to see him frustrated you know, those times, man, when he was like trying to work on that double time swing uh, and he's like bleeding from his hands from all the blisters and stuff and him just like dipping his hand in the uh, in ice water. Oh, man, that was just I don't know. It was kind of heartbreaking at times because, you you know, you can relate to, you know, wanting to chase your dreams and you, you know, falling down so many times and everything. Uh, but you get you can appreciate a, a character like Andrew each time, just trying to get better and in, in, in improving each time, just using that as motivation. Yeah, dude, I actually agree with you. Freaking JK Simmons really does make the movie 
but my just the favorite character i have to agree with you is andrew mm-hmm. and, and like you said he is like that relatable character in terms of like just chasing your dreams being that driven that motivated to to really chase something that you love i think it's a, it's really inspiring in a way it's a really good um inspiring story even though it came through so much pain and yeah. and hard work um in a way it, it kind of reminds me of nightcrawler but uh in a more not wholesome but in a good-hearted way for andrew <laughs> not, not as uh not <laughs> twisted <laughs> yeah not as twisted for sure yeah um but in in achieving you know the his dream pretty much and so i would actually agree with you that Andrew's like my favorite character also because he basically just keeps pushing through uh, obstacle after obstacle in the movie. Right. And, and that's not to say that he was a perfect character. I mean, we were talking about how, you know, he's basically an asshole to Nicole. Um, it just shows that, you know, everyone does have their flaws. He's not like a perfect character. Um, he will be moody at times, just the, just the way he... Um, would talk to people, even like other people that aren't Nicole. He was, he, like you said, like he was just kind of an arrogant, arrogant prick, you know, like when they were having their first, uh, um, I guess, kind of back and forth with uh, Fletcher and him at that second competition that we alluded to. And this is before his car accident. He was basically being called for being an arrogant, um, like prick um, and like a pretentious one, you know, and, and he's basically saying that, oh, I'm better than um, than any one of these guys, Connolly or who the other guy's name we don't remember, who can't, <laughs> who, who, can't who who couldn't remember like the the notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and because even in the beginning when he was in even in studio band, Connolly was there, but it's like he didn't see the use of making friends or even being friends with Connolly. He kind of just mm. sees people as. Like to use them pretty much kind of like kind of like Fletcher. And I think that's how they kind of bounce off each other and kind of by the end of the movie that they, like you said, have that mutual respect and understanding for each other. Right. Uh, the next award is the Why is Gamora Award for favorite quote because we have uh, quite a bit to choose from in this movie, mostly <laughs> from uh, Fletcher. But I'll let you take your first crack at it. You know what? In a, I don't know if it's a, a mild upset because Fletcher has so many one-liners, some very rude ones, and some, you know, some funny ones that I kind of, kind of embarrassed to, to that I laughed at, uh, just because I think it's, it's funny, and I sometimes I like irreverent humor. <laughs> um, I will. Hey, we were talking about it a little bit, um, kind of in the at the top of the, the episode. We were talking about the family dinner scene. And I felt Ooh. like I felt like Andrew had so many great one-liners here. He did, uh, dude. Um, I you know like when his family was basically shitting on his career, and Andrew just out of nowhere goes and he's talking about Travis's cousin. He's like, and you know because they're talking about him being an MVP quarterback, and he's like, it's Division Three. That's the way he said it. And then yeah. the awkward silence after that was so funny to me. Yeah. Oh my god. And then in kind of in the middle of the conversation, you know, his dad's, you know, everyone was just kind of just ganging up on him. But he was de- his dad was even like talking about how, hey, you know, he's basically asking him, like, hey, uh, if you're, you know, dying uh, broke and drunk and full of heroin because they were talking about like, you know, these jazz musicians um, in he's talking about how 
you know, them dying at age 34 is not the idea of success. But then Andrew fires back with this really good one. He's like, I'd rather die drunk, broke at 34 and have people at a dinner uh, table talk about me than live to be rich and sober at 90. And no one remembers who I was. I'm like, damn, that's actually pretty good. You know, just because, you know, he had that motivation to be one of the best to be talked about you know and to be remembered in that in that fashion but at the end of that dinner man <laughs> i thought it was the best line of all when he was talk, uh when travis was trying to be like oh if if you know playing division three football is so good why don't you try that or it's like you think carlton football is a joke come play with us and then andrew goes four words you'll never hear from the nfl i was like damn okay that's my winner right there <laughs> Yeah, dude, that comeback. I was like, damn, Andrew, we're, we're trying to lean Fletcher right now, dude. dude that, that was quick, the way he said it. And it, and he said it just as a matter of fact. It's like four words you'll never hear from the NFL. I was like, damn. Yeah. Because they were always like freaking, it's like, oh, these guys are just going to be school board presidents. <laughs> model UN. <laughs> model. It's like, oh, are you Model UN? Yeah. Be all sarcastic. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one, man. That they definitely deserved it because they were like, Oh, you play drums. That's it. Yeah. Like, I know. Oh. Yeah. They they that they didn't see um like his ambition. So Yeah. <laughs> well, for me, I would actually my favorite quote is actually gonna be from Fletcher and it's kinda towards the beginning. I almost did the calculator one, uh, but I chose the one in the beginning because I don't know, man. When um when he was looking for the out-of-tune player and going across the room and all that stuff, and then he finally sets his eyes on Mets, and then <laughs> he's like, oh, no. do you think you're out of tune? <laughs> it's like, what are you... And then obviously freaking Mets isn't looking at him. He's like, there's no fucking Mars bars down there. What are you <laughs> looking at? <laughs> Look up here. Look at me. Do you think you were out of tune? <laughs> and then freaking Mets, man, he's like... Yes. <laughs> it's like, what? Holy crap. And he just didn't say anything. And then freaking Fletcher is like, I carried your fat ass for too long, Mets. I'm not going to have you cost, cost us a competition because your mind's on a fucking Happy Meal instead of on pitch. <laughs> God damn. Because I was dying, dude. I, w I felt so bad for him, especially when it revealed <laughs> that he was... He, he, was, was on, he was on pitch. <laughs> he was on pitch. Basically just put him to tears, man. And he's like, I don't know. That <laughs> I, that just was the first like huge exchange from Fletcher yeah. that we saw that because obviously he didn't go off on um on Andrew yet. Yeah. And that was the first time we got full on seen him go all out. And I wanted to just throw out that that quote. Uh, underrated one, real quick, uh, is when the the car scene he got in, uh, before the he got in the car accident, and he you know he um, Fletcher was calling him arrogant and all that stuff. <laughs> but freaking Andrew, when Connolly's like, "I'll just play" and all that stuff, it's like you know you lost the part; it's my turn or whatever. <laughs> and then Andrew's like, "Hey, fuck off, Johnny Utah! Turn my pages, bitch!" <laughs> I'm like, freaking. It reminds me of like a kid on Halo or Call of Duty yeah. online, and he's like, "Oh, me 
Turn my pages, bitch. Or something like that. I'm like, I was about the same time. Just the way that Miles Teller, like, delivered that line, I was dying. Dude, so good. Miles Teller, man. Quick with the one-liners. By the way, didn't it seem like he, in especially in this movie, kind of looked like Eli Manning? <laughs> yeah, I, I felt that, too. At certain moments when his hair was, like, a little bit short. Yeah, a little disheveled yeah. a little bit, too. Yeah, and especially when he looked a bit sad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Especially when he did. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> it just reminds me of when uh, Eli Manning saw Peyton Manning win the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, I see the resemblance. Uh, but for our next award is the Avengers Assemble Award for Favorite Scene. So, Ken, uh, it might be a little bit hard, but what was your favorite scene of the movie? Um, actually, it wasn't that hard, only because um, I think we were talking about how that twist at the very end, I did not see that coming, and I felt like it was it was so out of left field, it was so good, but um, upon second viewing, I was like, oh, I should have saw all the breadcrumbs all along, because he set them up perfectly, but that, that whole scene at the very end was so good. Um, dude, that was so cutthroat, the way he... Uh, set them up it's like oh yeah we're you know we're gonna do uh some of the the same playlist we're gonna do uh we're gonna do whiplash we're gonna do um we're gonna do caravan and then literally just surprises them with upswinging and obviously he didn't have the music for that so good obviously we were talking about how we felt bad for andrew probably would have went home crying i you know just to be embarrassed in front of all that uh, all those people like that it was so crazy but then again we we're talking about it. He showed his resilience after he got that hug from his dad. Again, you know, every time he falls down, he ends up just standing right back up. And he literally just walked right in and just literally just starts playing caravan. And it's like, hey, you know what? He just took charge. Like, I'll cue you. I'll cue you guys in. And I felt like the t- uh, the acting was so top notch by the end. Dude, if you think about it, there really wasn't that much dialogue. Once the caravan got going, you just got a lot of facial expressions you got a lot of nods you got a lot of like hand gestures and stuff (laughs) yeah and you felt it and my goodness the performance itself was so good i love music i love movies that feature music uh like how we were talking about earlier and this end scene is definitely up there for probably one of the best music scenes ever um i want to say obviously um bohemian rhapsody is gets talked about a lot for that end scene with uh rami malik um i i want to definitely say that that's definitely on the same par so i gotta give that last scene the avengers assemble award for favorite jeez man yeah that scene is easily the best scene of the movie um it's just so intense and and like you said, seeing his resilience, how inspiring it is to basically like anyone else would have gone home crying like a baby, but mm-hmm. he got, he went back up there, got took charge like he said, and just basically composed it himself, and then let Fletcher take charge with to to end it pretty much. And uh, but for me, I just really want to emphasize uh, the breaking point I think of the movie was when he got in the car crash. And then he tackles Fletcher. Oh, yeah, that was Jeez, a pretty good man. spear. <laughs> yeah, I was like, damn. And I think I was reading um, 
that uh, when Miles Teller did tackle J.K. Simmons, I think he actually like broke a rib <laughs> when he when he freaking tackled him. Because dude, when you see that tackle, it's a pretty hard tackle, man. It's intense, man. It was like Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Edge. But yeah, yeah, Goldberg. Oh, when Goldberg freaking spears the rock and the rock's yeah, like dude. freaking all floppy. <laughs> well, he's always floppy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hey, you knew the WWE references were going to come back. It, it had been a few episodes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got to throw them in just here and there. Uh, but yeah, I, I really felt like that was the breaking point that yeah. really set up that last scene of the, yeah. the movie for sure. Oh, for sure. But let's get into our favorite game of the episode and the most that intense, is really the, the most <laughs> intense because we there's a little bit of a not cliffhanger a bit of a build-up because i'm i'm building it up right now actually it's the <laughs> guess the rotten tomato score and right now i'm only up eight to seven so ken's only trailing by one so you can tie it right here ken oh, oh right here please please <laughs> so uh I, you know, this one was a little bit difficult um, just because I'm like, okay, I feel like we're, we're, we're going to be close and there's a chance that we might tie again. <laughs> so if I have to guess, I'm going with 98. Oh, we're, we're not tied because like we said, uh, uh, like we tell our audience every week, we choose these scores uh, beforehand so it's not like my choice influences or anything on his choice. So you go with 98. Mine's actually 97. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. I feel like one of us will get it exactly right. Shoot. Here we go. Here we go. If my internet can go. Whiplash is at... 94 percent no! <laughs> yeah I, I i took a stab i was gonna go a little bit lower i was like man watch this thing be 99 but yeah I, that's what i was thinking i was thinking it was gonna get above 95 for sure that's yeah. what i was thinking so i'm like yeah. okay i gotta get this exactly i almost yeah. said 96 i'm like 96 is too safe, man. I'm going to go higher. I'm 97. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but you know what? You still got it. <laughs> Damn, 94. Want to guess the Rotten Tomato, uh, uh, the audience score? I want to say it's uh, 98. It's also 94. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, so freaking uh, Whiplash and 94%. I was actually... Lower than I expected, obviously. Same. Uh, but now I am up 9-7. But you still could catch up. We're only a little bit more than halfway in our season so far. So there's still a bit of time. Dang, that was a close one, man. <laughs> yeah, that was, man. I was like, ooh, okay. We're only one away. I, I, I figured this one would be a really good one. Really close. Yeah, that was close. But uh, let's do our ratings right now. The I Love You 3000 Award, where we rate it from 1 to 3000. So go ahead. All right. So um, I think I alluded, uh, I, I wanted to kind of save my genuine feelings for this movie. to, And I, w I wanted to kind of reveal that now. Uh, and I know we're kind of early in our weekly real podcast. We're one plus seasons in, almost two uh, over. 
This is definitely my favorite movie that you've shared with me so far. Um, I don't want to say by far because I thought you've um, shared some really good ones with me, but this one definitely is uh, at the top so far. My rating is 2814 for a score of 93.8%. I love this movie. This was good, and I think this is probably my new favorite um, musical movie. Dude, for sure. I'm glad I can share this movie because, man, this movie, when I saw it last, just a few months, I was going to say a few months ago, it was like six months ago now. <laughs> um, I knew right away, I'm like, Ken's going to love this movie. <laughs> and for me, I gave it a 2760 out of 3000, still, so 92%, still really close. Um, man, 2014. Yeah, a lot of had good some movies. really good ones. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I'll I'll add this last thing. This is how good it was, and I think I mentioned to you uh, this when we were kind of going through our rundown before we hit the record button. Uh, I you know this past week has been really difficult in terms of me just actually staying awake because I've uh, been overworked. This movie got me so awake and so pumped that I was able to watch La La Land right after and I was able to finish La La Land. That's how good this movie was. It it stemmed the me sleep, you know, that pattern of me sleeping through a TV show or movie. Yeah, man. And that's and it's definitely on my list of oh, this is for sure get a get a Blu-ray for it cuz I know I did unfortunately when I got it got it in the mail from Amazon it was like a little bit squished. I'm like, "Damn it." Yeah. It's not in perfect condition. I should just bought a freaking steel book. Um, but yeah, I would definitely recommend this to anyone that is interested in like intense movies, intense characters, uh, and especially those who love music. So the film style of Whiplash, you'll you'll see some of that if you ever get to see La La Land. Uh, some of the same uh, techniques. Oh man, um, it it to be able to watch them back to back was nice to be able to see the and, and compare and contrast between the two Damien Chazelle movies. Yeah, man, I'll definitely have to check out La La Land pretty soon then. Uh, but what are we having to watch for next week? Well, I mean, we're talking about uh, the guest Rotten Tomato score and how close it is. Next week will be a huge week because next week. We are continuing with part six of our MCU Infinity Saga rewatch. We will be watching Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, and Black Panther. And man, Jeremy, we have some heavy hitters next week. And I feel like this is going to be, you know, we've been doing our MCU rankings with each passing part of our Infinity Saga rewatch. I feel like next week will be a very difficult week to kind of, you know, update our rankings. And I feel like this is going to be where our rankings will really be different. Yeah, dude, because I I just know with all three of these movies, I really like all three. And I, especially in the Guest of the Rotten Tomatoes score, I know that they're all universally like pretty liked. So I don't know like how I'm going to rank these on my own. I don't know how I'm going to rank it in Rotten Tomatoes. So next week is going to be uh, a crazy one for sure. Yeah, this one's going to be, I think, for me personally, this will be the most difficult one uh, to rank out of the three. Yeah, dude. So 
We'll see. We're getting closer to the end in our MCU rewatch, but that's going to be next Monday. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow me on Twitter at JPFlix. How about you, Ken? Uh, well, I'm uh, fairly active on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me at FreeKenA. Uh, both of our handles will be, uh, the spelling will be in the notes. All right, man. I had a good time talking about this movie. Obviously, I was super excited to share it with you. I haven't been this excited to share a movie since probably Your Name and then before that, Nightcrawler. Yes. I was, I think, more scared for Your Name because that's completely out of left field, I feel like. But with this movie, I was like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to see what he says about this one. So uh, any last thoughts on uh, Whiplash? All, all I'll say is that you were spot on on this um, in terms of me liking it. Yeah, <laughs> this is definitely up there for me now. Um, I mean, I already caught like some new things uh, on the second rewatch. So uh, I already know that I'll probably watch it again. You know, those times when I kind of want to watch something, you get a little bit of jazz going on, a little bit of something upbeat, especially if I'm a little bit tired. I need to watch a movie that <laughs> will give me some adrenaline. I'll definitely uh, stream it somewhere. Yeah, dude, definitely. This is definitely one where it's like, if I want to get some inspiration, this is where I go to for sure. Watching basically Fletcher just murder everybody in this movie. I know, seriously. He literally just ethers them uh, with with words, really. And only if he, uh, Jake, uh, not J.K. Simmons, but J. Jonah Jameson could do that to Spider-Man. That would be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a totally different feel uh, to uh, the MCU Spider-Man with Tom Holland. <laughs> yeah, that would, <laughs> that would be freaking crazy. But anyway, speaking of that, look forward to next week's episode on part six of our MCU, re- uh, MCU rewatch for Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, and Black Panther. But until then, have a great week, and we'll see you next time on The Real.